Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate. This week I have my co-host Joanne Tan, and we're interviewing Andrew Luong of Dorvest. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Big fan of your work and and of the podcast. So excited to be here with you today. No, we're super excited to have you here too. Andrew, can you introduce yourself real quick and tell us who you are? Yeah, so I'm Andrew, uh, real estate investor, uh, entrepreneur, uh, nerd for all things sort of tech and innovation, etc. And I guess currently the the co-founder and CEO of a company called Dorvest. A modern frictionless way to own high yield rental homes uh, entirely online. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit more about Dorvest? How you yeah, start? For sure, for sure. Uh, so I'd say the story start, goes back about seven years ago. Uh, sort of was uh, going to university in San Francisco uh, on a pre med track, uh, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think because of sheer luck of being in San Francisco, sort of the heart of the startup ecosystem. Uh, backed my way into my first gig at a startup, a company called Misfit. Uh, we did like consumer electronics. Uh, company ultimately did really well, uh, sold to Fossil. Um, and I think I, I came away for, w- with it uh, with two key learnings. Uh, first of which was uh, loved being in SF, wanted to spend my time building early stage companies. Uh, mm-hmm. But secondly, uh, and probably more importantly, was uh, had a little bit of capital, uh, was looking to put it to work, uh, generating some income and sort of building some long-term wealth. Uh, and so after losing my shirt with like day trading and stocks and you, you name it, uh, landed upon single family rentals, mm-hmm. uh, ended up scaling the portfolio uh, to 12 doors, uh, sort of at the height of the portfolio, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, continued to do that passively while, while being in early stage companies um, mm-hmm. and kind of saw the pain of uh, uh, all of our other friends and people within the extended network. And I'm sure a lot of your audience that want to get started, uh, but couldn't. Uh, and so, I mean, after hearing this over and over, uh, at some point, we, we decided maybe we could rebuild uh, real estate investing as it is uh, um, in a really modern sort of frictionless way uh, and bring it to everyone. Wow, that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, totally relatable, you know, losing a shirt. I invested in my <laughs> stuff before real estate and honestly, it didn't go so well for me. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure about Joanne, you know, but Joanne, did you invest into real estate like First or stocks you- first, yeah. Uh, one of my friends' dads was a stockbroker, so they kind of uh-huh. showed us how to do it as a kid. But um, for me and stocks, I'm kind of just like a buy and never look at it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is very applicable to real estate. You know, I buy and never look at. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I mean that's that's really cool. Um, like. Can you walk us through like some of the use cases of your product and what is, we're going to learn a lot more about Dorvest. Yeah, for sure. So uh, sort of the way that we approach that, uh, I mean, at a real high level, it's like, how how do we help sort of busy working people uh, own uh, these rental homes that I'm sure you you both are are familiar with from a personal level. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so sort of our approach to that uh, is our work, we'll work with our customers on their investment objectives. Um, so everything from how much capital they were looking to deploy to what their risk tolerance is to what the expected ROI uh, is, et cetera. 
Um, and then Dorvas actually, we'll, we'll go out, we'll buy the home up first uh, based on their criteria. Uh, we'll renovate it. Uh, usually uh, we'll do about 30K, uh, taking care of a lot of the big ticket items all up front. Uh, and then we'll place a resident. Um, so the idea is to provide a lot of certainty. Uh, so once the structure itself is ready to go uh, and the resident is, play, is in place, uh, we'll then sell it back to our customers, step aside, uh, and then just sort of uh, take up the management component. Uh, and so sort of the high level concept is a busy working person, maybe some, one of your audience or maybe you in a previous life, uh, et cetera, uh, is able to come up with about 30,000 as a down payment uh, and Dorvest kind of handles the rest. That's awesome. I mean, what is, what is your target market right now? Like, where are you guys typically investing? Yep. So, so uh, we're based in San Francisco. Most of our customers are coastal. Uh, so expensive places like, again, San Francisco, LA, New York. Uh, and then uh, our investment market, uh, we're focused in Houston. Nice. Yeah, Houston's a great area, you know. Um, it does have its challenges just because a lot yep. of areas are in, in the 50, 50 year, 200 year flood zones. Yep. Yep. Very careful. Yep. Um, but I think other than that, like the Houston market is really good uh, for rentals, good families, great schools. So exactly. I think you picked the correct market, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for, for sure. De definitely something that we avoid is that, like the flood zones too. Uh, sort of the, the focus is like being able to get some cash flow in the short term, uh, but uh, being passive and reliable enough where mm -hmm. sort of our customers could hold this for the long term. Uh, and so having a home flood uh, is probably not conducive to, to passivity. So do you have a team out there that sources these deals for you? Or how, as a company, like, how do you guys source in these deals? And you know, what are some lessons learned that we can apply as investors? Yeah, so uh, I guess the, the first answer is yes, uh, we're based in San Francisco. We've always been semi-distributed. Uh, so we have an operations and acquisitions team uh, over in Houston. Um, in terms of sourcing deals, uh, I think sort of the, the first wave of real estate tech companies. Uh, so like if you think about like a Trulia or Redfin uh, or like a Zillow, um, they brought a lot of the data online, uh, which is very fortunate uh, about that. Uh, and so the way that we source deals is sort of aggregating all of that data. Uh, so a lot of like the public data that's online, uh, almost all of the real estate data is available online. Uh, so we can analyze all, all, all of that. Uh, and then the last sort of five to 10% is our acquisitions team, uh, boots on the ground, being able to obviously go into the homes and view the conditions, et cetera. That's awesome. You know, I mean, that's, that's really important too, to really have like your team out there to kind of evaluate everything for you. Um, honestly, your, your, your team sounds like it's perfect. You know, it automates everything for me if I was busy, you know, but yeah. Cause I know the hardest part about real estate investing is definitely searching out deals and managing the property itself. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people who just get into real estate don't really know how much work is involved with oh, yeah these properties it's usually like if i buy it i get x amount of cash flow yeah, yeah. but people don't think about like the everything in between you know like it's the it's the people aspect of it the maintenance aspect of it it's all it's all there you know yep um yeah, it, okay uh, yeah i was just gonna say i think uh the the, the interesting part is people kind of approach uh quote-unquote real estate investing uh as like one cohesive thing uh but realistically it's like how do you identify a market and then how do you identify a home and then how do you buy it and then how do you fix it up how do you lease it out how do you manage it uh it's a string of a lot of different sort of hurdles that uh that you're jumping into uh and i think a lot of people don't don't really realize it uh, initially 
yeah yeah definitely I, I i do agree with that and thank you so much for creating a seamless process for especially bay area investors yeah that, that's a hope for sure yeah i just i was kind of curious too to hear more about the competition that you're facing you know like what kind of companies out there that have similar products and what how are you guys doing things better than them yeah, um, so I'd probably group our sort of the uh, ancillary, uh, I guess, investment uh, products uh, into maybe three different categories. Um, so first of which is like, oftentimes people are either sitting on their savings account or they're saving for their 401k or maybe they're trading stocks like we were talking about earlier. Uh, so that's probably one uh, sort of uh, side competitor. Uh, secondly, uh, is someone like a, a Memphis Invest? Uh, so like sort of traditional turnkey providers. Uh, I'm sure you, you recognize the name. They're really awesome and, and are kind of like the pioneer in, in that direction. Uh, but then lastly, I think it's also like DIY people, like probably how I got started or you got started or Joanne got started. Um, I, I think it's definitely the DIY people. Uh, and I think those people maybe have uh, a different set of criteria that they're looking for as well. Um, certain people, I think, want to do it themselves. Uh, I think we all did it that way. Uh, but I think some, uh, a good number of others want, want to have it uh, done for them uh, and sort of teed up for them. And so that's, I, I think that's where we, we fit into the market. Yeah. Yes. Similarly, talking about how different people are looking for different things, you know, some people are DIYers, some people want more hands off. I'm sure people have different reasons for what they do too, right? So yep. wondering about your reason for why you do what you're doing now, Andrew. Yeah, that, that's a good one. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I'd say as of right now, I feel really fortunate that, uh, I mean, I've done fairly okay for myself uh, from a financial standpoint. Uh, because of the real estate. Uh, and I've also uh, seen firsthand sort of people within the extended network that have been wanting to do it for just so long, uh, like they couldn't get started. Uh, and I think if we could, we as humans could reach certain levels of like financial milestones or independence or, or whatever you want to call it, um, I think that's where human potential gets unlocked. Um, maybe more people will start podcasts or they become like start nonprofits or maybe they start a startup uh, or travel the world with their family. Um, that's sort of the, the North Star for me uh, is how do, how do we uh, use technology uh, to help people sort of accomplish the, these personal milestones. That's so true. And do you have any words of advice for people trying to start out or wanting to reach their potential just getting started? Yeah, um, I think that the main one is just getting started, uh, like you said, at, at the end of it. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, my first deal was, I mean, a total train wreck. Uh, and we could, uh, we could get into that some just other time. I want to hear more about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the first deal uh, like I said earlier, when you're starting to real estate invest, there's just so many items that you're having to check off. Um, I knew there was a lot of items, so I tried to hack through it. Uh, so I found a home that I liked. Uh, it was resident occupied, so I didn't have to think about sort of the placement. Um, and, and then I used the listing agent uh, as my buyer's agent. Uh, and I also used this listing agent, buyer's agent as my property manager. Um, and then we finally closed. Uh, I'm like celebrating my first home, $96,000 uh, home in Sacramento, uh, maybe six or seven years ago. Uh, and then within two weeks, uh, resident gives us notice. I'm like, oh, crap. Now I have to figure out one, how to renovate it. Never done this before. Uh, and then secondly, uh, how to uh, finally place a resident once it's done. 
finish the reservation or re renovations, feel good about that. Place a resident. Uh, little did I know it at the time, but a uh, property manager had no experience. I obviously had no experience. Um, we sort of did all of the unforced errors possible. Uh, and then unfortunately, within about a year, not, not even a year actually, uh, we were in, uh, doing an eviction uh, on my first run toll. Uh, so overall, I mean, it was probably as bad as it could possibly be. Um, but I would say fortunate to have gotten started. Uh, and without that first one, I don't think we, I would have gotten multiple after. Uh, and I'd say probably the first one isn't going to like make you wealthy. Uh, and it's also hopefully doesn't, doesn't kill you. Uh, and so the, the key there is really just getting started, learning, and then sort of iterating from there. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you had a lot of lessons learned from that oh, first one. <laughs> oh, yeah, tons. Any uh, recent success stories you want to share? Yeah, um, I, I'd say, I mean, a, a lot of my time now is focused uh, around DoorVest. Um, and so we've been growing at a steady clip, uh, and I'm really proud of it. Uh, and I think our customers are really happy. Uh, and so that, that's, again, sort of the, the North Star metric for me now. Um, I mean, as long as we continue to grow sustainably, I'm really happy about it, uh, and I'm quite proud of it, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious, too. Can you kind of walk us through, like, a deal, your door vest that you guys made? How'd you find it? Um, how'd you fix it? Because I know, you know, to link you back to your first story about buying your first rental and things didn't work out. You know? But it's a totally different beast when you are investing out of state because there's some things that you can't control. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, man, like, this is... How do, how do I manage this? You know, how did you apply your lessons learned from your first deal to forming DoorVest and investing out of state in Houston? Yeah, that's what yep. like a deal for, so we can learn. Yeah, so I'd say, uh, I mean, what, one of my key learnings uh, early on, uh, probably around that same experience, was that th there's, a, there's typically trade-offs. Uh, so if you're buying a home that has, say, I don't know, 15%, 20% cash on cash, uh, projected. Um, the, usually the trade-off. Cash is to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. Um, so sort of the, the capital that you're coming up with to, to buy the home. Uh, so say your down payment plus your, plus your closing costs. Uh, and then that, um, you, you take your annual rents uh, minus all of your expenses uh, and divide it by your initial uh, investment. That's right. Uh, Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so sort of, uh, I mean, I learned that uh, you could be targeting 15, 20% cash on cash all day. Sounds really great on paper. Uh, but oftentimes the, the trade off there uh, is you're buying really old homes in tougher neighborhoods with that attract lower quality residents. Um, and so what that, that was definitely one of the biggest learnings was uh, for myself personally and for DoorVest, uh, we're looking for homes that generate cash flow, good cash flow. Uh, usually the, the average home is about 150,000. Mm. Uh, cash on cash, we're looking at anywhere from six to 12%, uh, mm. obviously depending on if, uh, the specifics of the home. Uh, mm. And then actually the crazy part is uh, uh, we, we built a calculator in-house uh, that uh, takes, uh, quantifies um, all of the real estate benefits. So mm. cash flow and appreciation and equity buildup and tax mm. breaks. Um, and if you're looking at this over like a long-term time horizon, mm -hmm. say 10 years, um, our customers are expecting anywhere between 30 and 35% uh, uh, annually uh, ROI when you're factoring all of those factors in. Um, and, and so average home for DoorVest, about $150,000, uh, $1,400 per month in rent. Well, yeah. And just for our listeners too, be careful. You guys analyze the deal. If the numbers seem too good to be true in real estate, most likely it's too good to be true. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. You may get like some some absurd like return on your money, yeah. but you're gonna return the money after you reha- after you re- <laughs> rehab everything. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that that was like uh, it, it was a pretty surreal learning. It was like the first home I looked for the cheapest home in the worst possible neighborhood in Sacramento, uh, <laughs> and then I mean I went through the school of hard knocks as as we kind of talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. I mean. So do you buy at a discount? So I know you mentioned the average mm. price is are 150. So yep. So I would assume that's the purchase price. So what would like the ARV be like the after repair cost um, to make that those numbers work? Yeah. So, so um, th- that would actually be the ARV uh, is around 150. Okay. Uh, usually, usually we'll buy about uh, we'll buy about 100 to 110, uh, and then we'll do anywhere between 20 and 30 thousand uh, in renovations. Uh, usually, uh, we don't consider ourselves flippers. Uh, I'd say most flippers look to do about 20% as a spread. Uh, we just charge an 8% transaction fee uh, on top of our all-in cost. Uh, so purchase price plus renovation, uh, we'll add in 8%. Uh, our goal is to sell the home slightly below market value as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds really... What kind of neighborhoods are you targeting in Houston too? Yep. Uh, so high quality neighborhoods, uh, planned subdivisions, um, sort of like, and, and cookie cutter homes, like three bedroom, two bath, two car garages uh, that are built uh, 1970 and above. Uh, so homes that are really attractive uh, to sort of like long term uh, focused residents. I think you kind of touched upon that uh, a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, those, those are obviously great criteria. And, you know, when you, as a buy and hold investor, some takeaways from here is like, you know, you always want things at a discount, you know, and you want to buy in decent neighborhoods too, especially as an early investor, you do want to go towards a neighborhood that is somewhat stable because unlike most, unlike you, most, so most people get kind of discouraged after their first deal that they didn't do so well in. Oh, interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have met some people who have given up after their first deal because mm. it went so bad. But the fact mm. that you learned from it, you came back, you got started, you came back stronger. <laughs> the bounce back is always, always the best story, you know? Yeah. I think it's just like my naivete and sort of like hopeless optimism. Ooh. I was like, this sounds great. I just want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, and I think most people, you, you can't expect them to have that sort of naivete. That's that's perfect for like a tech founder mentality, you know, because as a tech founder, a company founder, whatnot, like you always, as a leader, you always have to be overly optimistic about certain things, because if you're the if you're the one like negative about everything, your your teammates and your employees will look at you and be like, you know, our leader is like not is freaking out right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> so definitely, man. So what are your, your long-term goals and short-term goals in, when, with your company in, in real estate? Yep. So um, I guess personally, uh, I mean, continuing to just uh, gr- gradually add on more and more single-family rentals. Uh, it, it's just, it, it seems to be a really good sort of uh, passive side income for me. Uh, and then obviously the, the goal is to build some long-term wealth at the end of the line uh, on this. Uh, in terms of Dorvest, uh, I think, uh, I mean, wh- what we're building towards and where we want to be uh, is how do you buy a rental home uh, with all of the data, uh, make an educated decision uh, entirely online and, and within a matter of clicks. Um, and, and the hope with that is uh, hopefully um, as we're able to accomplish that, more and more people can tap into the power uh, of single family rentals. Uh, and beyond that, 
um, I mean, the, the entry price uh, of a single family rental, um, it's doable, uh, but it's not doable for everyone. Uh, and so the next step is how do we make sure everyone uh, can sort of get into real estate, maybe with $100 or $500, um, et cetera? So you're looking to lower the bar of barrier of entry. Absolutely. Um, and so the first step is sort of like these single family rentals, uh, everyone buys one. Uh, it's like a one-to-one -one direct ownership. Uh, average sort of down payment is maybe thirty or 40000 um, But that's also not uh, chump change. Uh, and not everyone has that. Uh, and so gradually, how do we start here uh, and then bring the, the barrier down and down now? Are you thinking about creating a fund then? I think uh, the direction there is probably fractional uh, at some point. Uh, obviously, with SEC regulations and whatnot, uh, if you're going fra if you're fractionalizing, uh, then it's only for accredited investors, uh, and it kind of defeats the purpose of, of trying to uh, uh, build a product for for people to get in for say five hundred dollars. Uh, and so, ha do not have a clear game plan there, um, but that's definitely di the direction that we'd like to go. Interesting to see what you come up with. Yeah, excited too. Hopefully we could execute on that. For people who are interested in maybe getting in with DoorVest, wondering about the process, like after they've found a decent market within Houston, a property that they like, you know, you said purchase prices around like 150. That's after repairs that you've all done for them. How does the property management piece look like? Um, is that where you are having a long-term relationship now with this person? Is the property manager someone you hire and is part of your team in-house or are they a contractor? Yes, so they're in-house uh, actually. So the, the, when we were building DoorVest, um, we were thinking about sort of uh, incentive alignment uh, between ourselves as a business uh, and sort of a long-term focused um, passive uh, real estate investor. Uh, and so we, 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 and I've seen this personally too, it's like real estate investing is a long-term game. Uh, buying the home is definitely one huge, huge step. Uh, a lot of people can't clear that hurdle. Uh, but even beyond that, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, Brian, about people having terrible experiences, we didn't want to be the company that was just selling them the home and stepping away uh, and sort of uh, washing your hands clean. Um, we wanted to partner with them for the long term. Uh, and we think actually from a business standpoint, if we could help these people buy their first rental, uh, they have an awesome experience working with us and they're generating the, the good returns that we, we told them that they should get. Uh, what's stopping them from coming back and buying more homes from us? Uh, and so we've, uh, we, we do the, the management in-house um, to be able to partner with, these, with our customers uh, sort of for the long term. Interesting. So do you charge a percentage for property management? We do. Uh, so we charge 15% of the gross monthly rents. Uh, and I, I saw Brian's uh, eyebrow go up because he, <laughs> it sounds a little bit higher than market rate. Uh, the, the reason for that is, uh, again, incentive alignment. Uh, so we don't ever charge resident placement fees. Uh, most property managers do that. Uh, in my sort of uh, humble and personal experience, I've seen that go bad, uh, where the property manager is kind of incentivized to have your resident move out every year. Uh, to be able to earn that management or that uh, the placement fee. Uh, we also don't charge maintenance markups. Uh, another thing that we think kind of misaligns incentives. Um, so just one clear cut, 15% uh, and only for, for homes that are income generating and while they're income generating. Nice. And what about when they reach the end of their cycle and they're ready to sell? Have you gone through any sales yet? What does that look like for a DoorVest investor? 
Yep. So we always recommend uh, sort of customers be buying it long term. Uh, and so it's not like a short flip or, or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, we, we've had customers uh, look to cash out for whatever reason. Maybe it's personal and they're buying a primary or maybe they, they just need some capital for, for whatever reason. Uh, and so uh, we, we're able to sell it back into the marketplace. Um, so sort of th there's a customer on the other side of the spectrum uh, that is looking to buy their first home. Uh, and there's a customer that's owned it uh, for a little bit of time uh, and is looking to cash out. Uh, we'll broker that transaction. We know this home really well uh, and we, we could uh, vouch for it. Uh, and then we'll broker that transaction and sell it back to someone else on the marketplace. You're actually acting as a brokerage or you've partnered with a brokerage out in Houston? Yeah, we're, we're the brokerage as well. Uh, so sort of uh, full stack uh, kind of end to end on that. Really interesting model. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really cool model. Hey, Andrew, um, what kind of advice do you have someone like, just let's say, for example, someone wants to create like a, a similar kind of flow and company to you, what kind of advice do you have someone just starting out in this industry? Do you yep. advise them just jumping in and having you as a mentor or did you advise someone go in there, go out there and invest first? Like what was, what's the, like a advisable path that if I want to join what you're doing, what kind of advice can you give us? Yes. Yeah, so, so I guess is this uh, uh, specific to real estate or to tech or a combination? Tech. Combination, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely say like, I mean, sort of the North Star for us uh, as a company, and I think how we got started, uh, is just like feeling our own pain points, uh, sort of the things that we wish uh, we saw in the world. Uh, and then what's sort of the, the quickest route to getting this out to market uh, and seeing how people feel about it. Uh, because all of those learnings, uh, again, a lot of this goes back to learnings. Um, the learnings that you're getting uh, from putting something out there uh, is so important. And that helps you help shape how you build from, from there on out. So probably the top advice I'd say is uh, figure out something that you'd like to see in the world, put it out there, see how people respond to it, uh, and then build from there. Perfect. I love that. You know, so that's, that's always the best place to start. You know, you For just sure. have to envision what, what people need and the product market fit and all that stuff and come out there and just, just try it because you never know where things are going to take you. Yep. you know, that's always been my personal philosophy too. And it's really great to see that you have that and Joanne has that as well. You know, so, so props to that. What is your, currently, what is your favorite book, podcast, or any other mediums that you draw inspiration from? Yeah, so I'd say uh, podcast. Love the Crushing It in Real Estate podcast. Huge <laughs> fan. So thank you and definitely keep it up. Uh, in, in terms of uh, books, uh, I mean, you, you've probably heard this one uh, many times before, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad de definitely shaped uh, a lot of how I view personal finances. Yeah. Uh, huge one. Uh, and then I think uh, maybe another podcast one would be uh, like Tim Ferriss's podcast. Uh, I love how he gets really broad with uh, sort of his uh, guests. Uh, and then once he finds the guests, he goes really deep with them. Uh, really fascinating to kind of uh, step into so someone else's brain, uh, especially when they're like in a totally different sort of industry or life and vertical from, from yourself. Yeah, I think that's really important too. That once you start into real estate, that you continue networking with not only real estate investors but people outside of your industry as well. And it's really easy. The more you get into your your niche, that you're starting to miss things that that you don't catch before, or, or, you, or because you're so like tunnel vision into what you're doing. Yep. 
you miss the things that are like, it's completely obvious, you know? For but sure. What you bring up is a good point with Tim Ferriss and how he brings on a different array of people. You know, I, yeah, I definitely encourage people to like listen to other stories and learn a lot more. And it helps you as a person a lot. A hundred percent. Yeah. Totally agree. Helps to that. So I guess we have, we have, we have about two more questions. So if you could re- redo any part of your real estate career all over again, which part would it be and why? Yeah, uh, I think about this sometimes. On I, I, one end of the spectrum, it's kind of like, I think, I mean, ultimately I did, uh, I mean, from a personal standpoint, I think I did pretty well for myself uh, and I'm really happy about that and feel so fortunate about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other, the, uh, other end of the spectrum, as we kind of explored earlier, uh, there was definitely a lot of things that could have been done better. Um, I'd say um, if I were to start over, uh, maybe uh, it would be instead of kind of just diving head in by myself uh, Mm -hmm. and thinking I could do this better than others and kind of reinventing the wheel, uh, maybe looking for a platform or a mentor or a person that I could lean on uh, them, uh, trust their judgment, vet them, and then trust their judgment uh, versus uh, versus spending all that time uh, on the individual deals. Um, because kind of like what you said earlier, I think if uh, um, if you haven't seen this before, uh, you don't really know what you're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. But someone else has probably gone through many repetitions of that, uh, mm-hmm. and they could kind of show you the ropes and help you skip through an eviction in the first year, for instance. <laughs> 100%, 100% behind that statement, you know? like You have to go out there and find mentors who are willing to help you. And what you realize is a lot of people are more generous than you think they are. Totally. All, all you have to do is ask some time, you know, get, get over your fears. Like it's okay to sound like you're a newbie and it's okay because if you were a newbie and you sound like you knew what you're doing, then when, that, that would turn some people off. Just be honest, you know, you hate that, that was me too, by the way, like uh, the newbie that thought that he knew everything uh, that was <laughs> not ideal. It's okay. I mean, you turn out your, your real estate career turned out really well, you know. So as long as you learn from that, that thing, so just want to tell tell the guests like, don't be afraid to admit you don't know, you know. For sure. You just have to build a stronger foundation that way. Definitely. So I guess the final question is, how can our audience learn more about you or contact you? Yeah, so I'd say the vast majority of my time now uh, is spent on DoorVest. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely many, many hours spent on DoorVest. Uh, so DoorVest.com is a really good start. Uh, I'd say back, back to sort of your, your last point is uh, pe- people love to help. Uh, so And, and I, I feel the same way as well. Uh, again, I feel really fortunate that real estate has done so much for me. Uh, and so always love talking about real estate or tech or any personal finance thing. Uh, so Andrew at DoorVest is always a, is always a good way to, to get in touch. Definitely, man. I'll definitely include that in the show notes. Hey, awesome. I appreciate you being the show and thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank, thank you so both. Much. This was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for including me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. See ya.